when I was in a really dangerous and abusive relationship. Long story short, the guy went to jail. I got out. I got to move on with my life. Thank God. Part of the way that I dealt with and sort of processed that experience was to step into advocacy work. I learned sort of retroactively that one of the reasons why I was able to move on with my life was because I had access to money. Financial abuse is actually present in 99% of domestic violence relationships. Money is the thing that has so many women stay in relationships that are unsafe, end up having to choose between staying in the relationship or being in a shelter or on the streets. And in many cases, it's the thing that leads them to end up dead. I mean, that's just the reality of the situation. I really wanted to, from that place, build something that would be focused on putting more money in the hands of more women. That was the vision behind building an agency that supported female entrepreneurs. What is up, everybody? We are back with the Agency Algorithm Podcast on the Triple Whale Network. As always, you have your man, Nick Shackleford, in my co-pilot seat, Joshua Johnson. And today's special guest is someone that I've built an incredible relationship and continue to spend a good amount of time with her, Jennifer Spivak. Jennifer, how are you? I am doing great. It is Friday and, you know, no complaints here. We were just offline talking about, like, how the hell how the week was. And she's like, I'm eating calls. Josh and I were like, we're eating calls. And we're all joking around. We're like, oh, I can't wait for the weekend. And and Jennifer was like, yeah, yeah, that's I can't wait for the weekend too, kind of thing. Yeah, I've got uh I've got a drink. Uh a couple of feet from where I am that's waiting for me the second we finish. But, <laughs> so it's gonna be great. I cannot wait. It, it, it even actually reminded me like last year, we're we're coming up on our female founders and and badass women in the space event coming up. We do this Sweet. every year in in uh in in LA. And I remember last year, like we were towards the end of it, like the day was almost done. People are kind of like losing vibes and energies. Yeah. And all of a sudden, like, I remember Jennifer, she was like, she was like, uh, can I get an espresso martini real quick? Subtle, like just chilled. No, no issue. And all of a sudden, like all the girls, were, espresso martini, espresso martini. And all the next thing we know, like all the waiters are coming out. The whole room's got espresso martinis within 13 minutes. Everybody is energy back up like two. We were closing this thing down. Nope. I staged a coup. That was not going to be the end of the day. And I remember that day. Uh, I had to stay awake because this was an afternoon event and I had to stay yes. awake until I had a flight at 11 p.m. And if you stop drinking, you're going to fall asleep. I had nowhere to go. So I was just really looking out so. for myself to make sure that I could stay awake and keep going. And then everybody followed. I'm just like a really influential person. Well, this is, I mean, duh, this is why you're here. And this is why we're going to talk about well, it's so what's okay. What, what is the perfect segue into this is because look in our, in our space, um, us as agency owners, we try to, everyone always says for you to find success, the riches are in the niches, right? Like niche, mm -hmm. niche down, be specific, serve who you want to be specifically serving. And you've actually done this in a very unique way. So I am, I'm very curious on how you started, why you started and why you chose that niche you're in. So give us some background. So we can kind of set the scene. Yeah. And, you know, Nick, obviously we've known each other for a little while. I don't even know if you know this about myself and my story, but um, it actually starts all the way back in around 2011 when I was in a really dangerous and abusive relationship. Um, long story short, you know, the guy went to jail. I got out. I got to move on with my life. Thank God. And part of the way that I deal, I dealt with and sort of processed that experience was to step into advocacy work. And in doing that, I learned sort of retroactively that one of the reasons why I was able to move on with my life, all things considering like pretty easily was because I had access to money. And I learned that financial abuse is actually present in 99% of domestic violence relationships. 
and that money, I mean, literally of all things, money is the thing that has so many women stay in relationships that are unsafe, end up having to choose between staying in the relationship or being in a shelter on the streets. And in many cases, it's the thing that leads them to end up dead. I mean, that's just the reality of the situation. And so once I knew that, once I was armed with that information, I was like, okay, like not on Jennifer's watch. No, Um, I really wanted to, from that place, build something that would be focused on putting more money in the hands of more women. And so that was the vision behind building an agency that, you know, primarily worked with female team members, female vendors, and then also supported female entrepreneurs in creating that financial independence for themselves. Yeah, talk about a why. Like, talk about a why and a reason to to why you push so hard. And look, you're right. And I wish you would have told me that when we first met, because I would have been even more lit on our relationship. But it's <laughs> what's also extremely interesting is like, look, I come from a divorce background, right? I, I It was me and my mom through and through. Like, I had literally had a breakfast with her today. I'm going to get dinner with her tonight. And and when you look at strong strong women in your life, and I actually have core women that I've gone through through tough and strong and weak and, and various times with, and there's there's very it's very important. To, it's an industry that really really needs these platforms in these areas. And like I take it extremely serious. And you and I both know like this is not a joke. Like when when we're here to help this area, and it's weird that it's this way. It's weird that they're underrepresented in an area where majority of our company is led and, and grown by women and nurtured by women. And there's various roles that both men and women should play within the organization and especially within an agency, right? There's yeah. hunters, there's gatherers, there's protectors, and there's there's all different roles that go within it. When you're building your team, when you have this ability to to formalize your your ad girls team, are you going like, actually I only want to hire women? Or you're like, you know, I got to make sure if we are hiring men, they have to have these attributes. How did you think about that? Great question. So in the beginning, it definitely was a real specific focus on hiring women. And look, the thing I always say, and I say the same thing about taking on male clients, it's first of all, let's be very clear. We absolutely love and adore men. They are wonderful and fantastic. This has nothing to do with anything else other than (laughs) the purpose of this is the vision to put more money into the hands of more women. And so that is what guides all the decisions that I make. However, as we grew, I want to say Yeah, maybe about a year ago where we hired our first dude and we actually ended up bringing on a couple more. Some of them are still here. Some of them are not. And so, um, you know, we we definitely got to a place in our growth where we were like, we're not going to be dumb and like not bring on somebody who can provide the right service and results to our clients because of their gender. Obviously, that's like bad and terrible. We would never do that. But what I come back to at the end of the day is, the mission, the vision, and why I exist. And, you know, one of the best parts for me, there's so many things I love, but one of the things I love about running an agency is like looking around and going, oh my God, there are all these like women that work for me that have like good pay, like good quality of life, like because of something that I created. And I just am really motivated by that when it is specifically women. I absolutely love that. And something that I think that Shaq and I probably have noticed in this industry is one, yes, it's very, it's very male dominated. But we have to, of course, be very inclusive with, with females. Have you noticed like the flip flop of of specifically starting your agency of like you almost have to be more inclusive with men, uh, hiring well, mostly women in your organization? I'm kind of curious on that. So we found out a couple years ago about this men's rights organization out there that goes and finds what? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, I know. I, men's rights. It's a <laughs> oh, real thing, apparently. Someone brought it up when uh, on a, a guy I was on a date with years ago, and I was like, I have to go. Um, but there is this organization this is out there. 
Yeah. Oh, no, this is real. There's an organization out there. They're a men's rights organization. And they go around and they find all of these women-led companies that say that they, you know, focus on women specifically. And they take them to court and they win because technically you cannot discriminate by gender. Um, and so that's just something we have always known about. Um, wow. And it, it look, it wasn't the only reason we decided to entertain starting to hire men, but it was not not a factor. Um, you know, yeah. again, at the end of the day, the, the, my answer to all of this is always going to be it's literally just my personal mission and vision. That's that's the reason we've made the decisions that we've made. At the end of the day, um, I mean, I'm sure you get these questions all of the time yep. when it comes to, uh, you know, being inclusive uh, and, and, you know, having a agency that's led by females. So, um, you know, one, uh, I was just curious about it, but two, uh, obviously we can shift some of the the subjects because uh, I'm sure there's other things that you specifically want to talk about that are outside of this realm because I'm sure you get hammered with these questions all the time. So um, I want to make sure that we're, you know, obviously being respectful respectful to you. But oh my God, of course. It's a great way to start the conversation and, and make sure that we are, uh, you know, Obviously, we want to bring it up, but at the same time, we know that you're a wealth and a vat of knowledge, uh, and so I would I would love to chat a little bit more on potentially some some subjects outside of that. Sweet, uh, let's do well. it. So one thing that I was I was kind of curious about is is specifically in your organization, Jennifer. You guys kind of went from being a, a, an ad agency, doing a lot on the marketing side, but also starting to dip your toes into coaching and consulting. Um, what are some like the big changes that you've had to make going from agency life to more of like the coaching consulting side. I think what you're talking about is it is actually a brand new program that we've developed. So we've only had it for about mm -hmm. six weeks. And it is nice. a uh, a mentorship program that we actually built for other female agency owners. Um, there hasn't, I mean, here's the honest answer. There hasn't been much of a shift yet. Um, you know, 99% of my life and my revenue and the money that we make is from the agency. Um, you know, I know that that tends to be like the trend and the shift. People get to a certain point in their agency and they're like, nope, no more one-to-one, -one, no more done for you. We're going to move over to doing this other thing. But to us, there are really two separate offers. I actually love delivering a one-to-one -one done for you service. However, we did definitely realize that there is a cap there. We are not trying to sort of like unlimitlessly scale that. And so that's a little bit of the idea with the newer offer, that that is something that I think we can grow as large as we want. Um, what we have found on the done for you one to one side and just because, you know, we don't want to be cookie cutter. We consider ourselves really boutique and white glove that there's only, you know, so far that that can be scaled. What I, what I love about this too is it it still ties back to the core mission, which is how do I get more cash in the women's pocketbooks, right? Yep. And that it's it's so interesting because you have in from from my perspective and seeing this stuff, you have a partner, right? You and Courtney are are you you both take different paths, same as what Jake and I've done. Yes. And I start to see like you have to look at the different strengths of you as um as a co-founder, as you as a, a core role or core contributor within the org. Would you? do an agency again. And this is something for a lot of people that are thinking about it. Maybe they're in an agency. Would you go solo or would you be like, no, 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 no. I have to be a partner. I loved being solo and scrappy for a really long time. I have a scrappiness. So Courtney is very, um, she's more by the book and it makes sense, right? I'm the traditional yeah. visionary CEO. She's the traditional like integrator spreadsheets, SOPs, COO. And so there was definitely 
a period of growth in my earlier years before, because we didn't become partners until two years ago. I, I actually don't know if Correct. you knew that. We've, our partnership is on the newer I side. I was, okay. So I was, uh, it was just me for, for many, many years, for basically six years. And then just in the last two that it was, you know, with a partner. And I think that there were some probably like wild, messy things that Courtney never would have let me do that I did that, <laughs> for better or worse, grew the business, right? I mean, like it was messy sometimes, but I didn't care. That's just, I, I was able to just be like totally free and wild with how I did stuff. And so I would never want to not have that experience again because that was fun. And it also produced incredible, incredible growth. But at the same time, now having the experience of having a partner, and I think this part is important, not just having a partner, but having a partner that fulfills, that has like the opposite zone of genius. And that is what is the most important thing. It's not that there's just another person at the helm with me. It's that, you know, there were there were parts of running an agency and running a team that were just never going to be my skill set. And so yeah. instead of what I used to try to do, which was either force myself to do stuff that I wasn't good at or try to hire the right person who's going to care as much about my agency as I did, but they just didn't because they weren't an owner, Versus actually having somebody who is a part owner and is as committed and like loves being locked in a room all day and creating spreadsheets and ops. Like, I mean, it, she literally gets such a kick out of it. That is also a really beautiful experience. So, I mean, look, I think this about this and also just this is like a life philosophy of mine. I would go back and change nothing ever because like why? It was all just part of like an amazing journey and process. And like, I love my life and I love yeah. who I am and I like wouldn't change anything for what? I couldn't. I don't think I could do this without a partner. Like, anything I live, like I look at our relationship with Chase, 14 years. I look at my relationship with Jay, 12 plus years. I look at my relationship with Chase, nine years. Like there's, when you find, when you find like the way you operate and that person goes like, hey, you can shut your brain off on this. You can literally yeah. just do what you need to do to produce. It's this, yep. it's such a feeling of, and and it's there's fear. Like what's interesting about you is like we came into a lot of our partnerships from the understanding of like I'm doing this, you're doing this. Cool. It might evolve over time, but we're both in this. When you bring somebody into a vision that's solely yours, this piece of you is like, oh, but it's all mine. But then okay, I'll give you a little bit of this. It, it didn't take you like you said. You're two years in on this stuff. Has that feeling changed a little bit? Of like, okay, yeah, she's she's in. Like we're we're doing this. So the interesting thing about Courtney and I um, is that prior to officially becoming partners, so she had her own agency. It was much smaller, but really organized, right? Because again, sales, marketing, yeah. vision is not her thing, but like, oh my God, their profit margins, their assist, like it was just this neat little organized, like perfect. Ugh. And I had this like much larger organization that was just like a little sloppy on the inside because of who I am and how I work. And so- um, about, I think, eight months or so before we officially decided to to go into partnership, what happened first is that she actually hired me to come in and build out for her my sales and marketing system. And then after that, I hired her to come in and do a little bit of consulting with SOPs and my team. And so without realizing it, it was a little bit of a trial run. Now, we were never thinking about being partners, but it turned out that like it, it was it was that experience of like, hey, wait a minute. Like this is, this feels really nice and effortless. Maybe we should consider this. And so I think because we had, you know, I think eight months or so of working together, of feeling it out, of like understanding our zones of genius and how we work together. By the time we 
decided to become partners, we were just so like integrated with each other that it was actually really, really effortless and easy. And the interesting thing, and I think that this, you know, could be true for so many women out there, they, she had a connection to my mission and vision as well, right? Like yes. she had a totally different experience of, you know, growing up in a household, single mother, and, you know, her mom was able to leave her dad who just like wasn't like in a really good place and go out and like start a new life for them because she had access to money. And so it was just so easy to find the connection to that mission and vision. And so we were super aligned on that from the beginning. And then on top of that, never had the experience of like too many cooks in the kitchen because we're just so focused on two different things. That was kind of effortless at the beginning. I think some of the the road bumps happened actually later on down the line. The beginning was really easy. It's one of my favorite favorite people, Raba, who we all know at the Triple Whale. He's a CMO Triple Whale. We had a we were able and it's weird. We were walking in in Venice Beach. He came here for a little bit, and he actually had an interview. He had an interview with someone. I was like, look, I got nothing to do. I just walked beside him for about thirty to an hour. Well, I had an interview and I was so fascinated. And he said this line that you kind of, you kind of touched upon and he goes, yeah, I call it the airport test. And I was like, the fuck? I was like what the fuck does this mean? He goes, if you could, if, if you're about to sit and your plane gets canceled and you're like, I got three hours, I have to sit at the airport. Can you enjoy this person for three hours? Can you sit with this person for three plus hours? And are you going to enjoy them? Right. Or any period of time doesn't have to be three hours. And I think that's what you kind of, you kind of alluded to. Like if this person is someone I want to spend my time with. They compliment me. They challenge me in the right ways. And they pass that airport test. Yeah. Like you need to pursue that, which is kind of the the thing that you felt with this. And I look at this, and even with Josh and me on this podcast, he already had this thing going. I was like, look, dude, I got this vision. I have a lot of people that have a lot of interesting things to talk about, especially at various stages. We got big agencies, small agencies, international agencies, acquired agencies, selling agencies. And I go, I think your, your brain on the technical side of things and we've worked together in the past on stuff. I was like, I think I need that balance. And he goes, dude, let's go for it. And yeah. I think that that to me is how do you find all your partners elsewhere? And it's also you need this partner. And I remember you and I were having to talk about before you launched the program, you go, I know we need this. I know we can sell this, but I need I need to be able to build it. So I got to talk to Courtney. Courtney's going to build this stuff and we're going to go get ready to take it to market. And that thing is what you did because you knew you're like, I know this is something that we have to do. And the way we went and did that, have... With that being said, have you said anything else internally of like how the team is structured, how the offer it is? Does she provide that back and forth with you on it? For the new offer, you mean? The new offer and and just how the team is organized. Like Jake and I talked about this today. He goes, hey, maybe we should run affiliate. Okay, how do we talk about it? Cool. Who yeah. do we need to talk to? All right. What people do I need? And that that like five sentences set off a whole new pro program and project. And when Courtney first came into the business in the beginning of 2021, I mean, she, she just, everything went, we had, we, she burned it all down to build it back up. But I mean, again, that was like the, the purpose. Um, so yeah, when it comes to, you know, team op systems, like all of that stuff, um, she is very much, it's almost like she's the CEO of that, right? Like I'm the, yeah. I'm the CEO yeah. of, you know, marketing sales, vision strategy. She, she's the CEO of, you know, ops team. Um, systems, profit planning, all of that stuff. I have I have a great question for you after we hear from some of our partners that make this podcast happen. So give me two seconds. We'll see you guys in a second. Okay, and we are back. Thank you very, very much. Okay, so this is the question I really wanted to ask you, but obviously we had a 
here for the people that make this actually happen. We're 2023, right? Yeah, 2023, we're in February early on. Are there, are there, when you guys went to planning for this year, are you guys on track for your planning? Are you guys starting to think about expansion or reduction? How are you guys thinking? Because I have a, a lot of interesting information talking to other agencies in the space. Are you guys preparing for war? Are you preparing for like, look, we're good. We're just going to stick on our path. How are you thinking about the back half of the year? Yeah. So um, I would say Q3 of last year was war. Um, and I am done with war. I'm no longer interested in war and I'm not available for war. Um, you already obviously know <laughs> a little bit of this, Nick, from our conversation. Yeah, for but, sure. <laughs> but um, last year was honest. I mean, the honest truth, it was the first time it was the first real hard season for me in business in almost a decade. Um, sure. I, I, wow. yeah, I mean, it really I just mostly would just make more money every month. Like that was just what happened from the moment I started as a freelancer in 2014. And then we had really, really aggressive goals in 2022. We wanted to nearly double in size. Um, you know, we had a customer acquisition system and lead flow that had been working for years. We finally had like figured out our hiring systems and we were constantly having this experience of we were bringing in too many leads and we didn't have the team members to fulfill on it. And so we said consciously, we they're never going to be exactly neck and neck. We think we have to flip it. We think that the only way to grow is to pre-hire and just like deal with it for a few months and then bring on more clients because we weren't able to grow the opposite way. Well, then it was the summer of, you know, 2022. And I don't know if, look, I think it was a perfect storm of people started talking about the recession. It was the first summer, you know, like really, really, or people were free after COVID. And every agency owner I spoke to is like, just death now. Everything is horrible. And so it was um, a, a very unpleasant several months where for the first time we were not profitable for several months in a row. And we were still like, you know, we we're still making good money. We had, you know, 30 yeah. clients. Like, it's not like the agency itself was actually at risk. It was just we had way too many team members. And then lead flow really, really, really yeah. slowed down and sales were not closing. And there was like such this like decision making paralysis was my experience as the person who does all of the sales calls. And so we had to lay people off. That's another thing that's never happened to me. Like it was. Yeah you know, just so much personal development and growth that happened last year. I learned so much. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, where we landed and what our focus is for this year is, you know, we looked back and said, we've been so focused on getting as big as possible for a really long time. And like, is oh, that yeah. what we really want? Like our, like actually our sweet spot. So like we tried to get to 60 clients last year and you know, we found out like our sweet spot is really 30 to 35 clients and being a smaller, you know, more scaled down team and just like delivering the absolute best in class service for those 30 to 35 clients. And so all of that to say this year is not about insane growth. This year is about sustainability. This year is about improving our profit margins, improving our processes, making sure that you know, Courtney and I get the take home pay that we deserve for all of the work that we're doing um, and really just like solidity. And, um, you know, we are obviously, you know, it is only February, but we are, you know, just beautifully on track with where we want to be. We've got 32 clients right now. 
I do want to get us to that 35. So we are at that full capacity, but give me like a couple weeks, we'll get there. Um, but yeah, that's that's our focus. And then the space where I get to play and be like, go, 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 bigger, 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 because I, I have that in me, is in the mentorship offer, is in the new offer. Um, because that is obviously not a one-to-one done-for-you service. It's done with you. We have our systems in place to be able to take people on. Um, and so, yeah, agency is like, we're going to chill and we're going to just be amazing. And then the other, the newer offer is that's where we're going to scale and push and grow. This is so spot on because when we first started talking about this, I told you, I was like, look, we're we're at a very, we're at the largest we've ever been, right? I think that's that's very common for where a lot of people were during the COVID boom and the onboarding and the clientele was there. It was like fishing with dynamite. It was like you, hey, I want a client. And it was like, me, me, me. And we felt that, we saw that and we experienced it. And I think right when you were going through your adjustments, we were going through our adjustments. Yep. And this was the transition of Jake coming in as CEO, me moving in as CRO. And so a lot of this was movement was happening. And it, it honestly didn't matter if you were the mute sixes the common threads, the the hawk medias of the world, or you're at the 5, 10, 15, 20 employees level. Everybody felt this. And yep. it kind of felt to me at this time is you had to adjust your goals, not because you couldn't hit them, but because it probably was not what you needed to do. And you were a little bit blinded by what you've been doing the previous 2020, 2021, and a little bit early 2022. Yep. And so that, that is even an, a conversation. Because you think about this, right? You go, I have been killing and you and I are we're frontline sales. I guarantee you you're probably like me. You're you're probably one call close, one call contract on Oh my God. Yes, ends, absolutely. Sometimes it's before the call is even over. Okay. Yes. <laughs> no, no, as soon as as soon as they're like, oh, oh, really? That's what it is. You're like, yeah, by the way, it's in your inbox. Go ahead and sign that for me. You want to share your screen. It's cool. I can take the card right now. I, I hear you. You know, I hear you. And it felt like that all of a sudden, I don't know what happened. But I was I was tracking leads in in uh, we were in HubSpot at the time, and I was going through and I was like, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. <laughs> Fuck, what the, the seven weeks? What is going on? And I'm hitting and following up, and that that to me is when I went back to Jake. I was like, all right, buddy, let's let's think about this because you always try. It's it's and Josh, you talked about this. It's resetting the goals is actually around the predictability of deal flow and the predictability of hiring flow. Right, it's that human capital balance yeah. play. I, and I want Josh. I want to ask you about this a little bit, bro, because I'm I'm very curious because I'm not as in it right now on the hiring and firing side yep. of things. Is is there this balance between if I hire, I have to make sure that the deal flow is at the right stage, vice versa? Because you heard Jennifer already talk about it. She goes, "Well, we're gonna overhire right now and be prepared so that we don't have to have sacrifice the quality of work, which is what we've always done as well." Yeah, hundred percent. Well, it's always it's always been around the this like concept of like an agency growth curve, and it's the classic. We see the hockey stick growth, but then our income tends to level off a little bit and even go back down because we're trying to catch fulfillment yep. up with that new income, right? And so that's what we see a lot of times with all the agencies that we talk with on a regular basis is a lot of them see this hockey stick growth. They get a really sticky offer. They get some traction in the space with their niche, with you know their offering, something very specific that will give them that hockey stick growth. But those that hockey stick growth tends to level off just a little bit. And when we see big increases in income like that, we tend to chase our expenses up with it by hiring new people in. And so, I mean, my biggest recommendation is always be careful when you see those big hockey stick growth moments, because we'll want to tend to bring on maybe some contractors at that time, because contractors are there just to hopefully fulfill on the work. And yeah, it's a little bit more expensive, but we can see a little bit more of a level off and then we can commit to a little bit more 
longer term employees. So that's the way that we kind of look at it. But I'm I'm curious to kind of hear what what Jennifer. You know, you guys obviously saw some explosive growth over the last couple of years. So yeah. I'm, I'm curious to hear how you guys saw that explosive growth and then kind of managed your team along with that and the expenses along with it. Just with what you were talking about just now, something that we have started playing with in the last few months, now that we are back to like even back to profitability, we're like, oh my God, okay, we're going to be okay. Um, One of the things that we've started to play with. So, I mean, again, it was really just about like understanding the numbers and the mechanics of everything, which I think I have such a better hold on now. And so we realized that, okay, we know it takes a certain amount of time to hire. It then takes a certain amount of time to train that person. And for us, our account managers, our team is structured a little bit different from a standard agency. Our account managers are also our media buyers. It's basically one position in one. And so they are capped at working with no more than seven clients at a time. And if they're not working with at least five clients, like they're it's they're not really paying for themselves. And so you've got the weeks of training, then we can't give them five clients day one. We realized, oh, my God, it could take three months or more to get somebody to a place in which their salary is actually, um, you know, generating a profit with the amount of clients that they have. And once we saw that clear as day, we were like, we we can't do that. And so what we've started doing now, we're doing like baby expansion where we find, you know, people who we think are really good and we offer them part time and we pay them per account. And what that does is not only does it let us expand more slowly and not make the full sort of commitment into giving them a full time salary. It also means we can better test out if they're the right fit or not. And if they're not, they're only working with one client. And we realize that not five, not six, not seven. Um, and it also means we found that certain account managers need a little bit more time to really like get our process before they're ready for client two and client three. When we were like, but we have to get them to a certain amount to pay for them. We didn't have space to honor them. Now what we get to do is customize it and say, oh, account manager number one, you're good to go. Let's give you your second client. The other person really needs a full six weeks to get it, to get into it with their one client and we can wait and space it out. And so that has been like... All, all the difference in terms of being able to, again, like baby, baby expansion, but still with sustainability in mind. Um, last year, it was just, we have money. We had a good month. We're just going to hire. And, you know, yep. I think just like listening to, to you guys talk, especially Nick and like all the stuff that happened last year, I... I think I was having like an ego thing. I mean, it's just the honest truth. If I look back, like I couldn't accept... It, to me, if I if I actually made any changes in terms of whether it was laying people off earlier before we were really struggling, like if I actually had made the changes that needed to be made as a CEO based on what I was seeing, it would somehow mean that like I had failed. And so it was actually incredibly helpful, like getting to talk to like someone like you, Nick, and other agency owners who, you know, are like, quote unquote, further along and much bigger. And I was like, Oh, yeah. okay. Everybody's having a hard time. I'm not a failure. Okay. All right. Now I can like get my shit together and actually like start, you know, making the decisions that we need to make that suck to have to make, but that were actually like what was required in order to protect the health of, of the business. So it was a year. Um, and I learned a lot. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's such good transparency. I, uh, one, I know our audience definitely appreciates that transparency yeah. because these are things that, agency owners deal with on a regular cadence and that imposter syndrome always creeps in there and you're like, oh my gosh, is anyone else experiencing this? Yep. Probably not. We had a great conversation with uh, Jordan Menard uh, a few weeks back and we talked something about something very similar. 
of like sometimes ego just gets a little bit in the way of our growth trajectory. And sometimes we got to pull it back just a little bit to balance things out and make sure that the, the company stays profitable, the team stays healthy. So uh, I appreciate that transparency, Jennifer. Yep. Thanks. Even even like, dude, ego is, e- ego is dirty, dirty egos, man. I, I even even going through this, like I shared this on stage, I shared this a couple of times and I'm proud about it now. Like I've, I've, I think I've built the muscle of sh- oversharing so that when it is something gnarly you have to share, you're kind of like, well, it's another post for me. Like it is what it is. And I think I've been trying to tell myself this when, when you tie your, dude, you, and you and I both know this, you started this with the core mission in mind. And so, excuse me. And so when I was talking, even when I was talking with TH, Taylor Holiday of Common Thread, he was, I have to change. Common Thread is a different place. Yet Taylor was like so much of your entity is tied into what you're building and who you're hiring and what you're going for. Cause you're that person. That was me at structure. Like it was like Shaq is structured. And I go, it can't be like, it literally cannot be. Cause that means I am only one dimensional and it's not, I have so many other things that I care about. So many other things I want to do in my life, so much other self. And then you lose a client and then you take a personal, then you lose an employee and you take it personal and you can. And I felt my, and I felt at the time when I was, when I was talking to you earlier, I was like, Hey, I, I, there's people that stayed on that I really, really loved. And I was like, this is, you know, I see they're, they're going to be incredible. They're going to be great. Give them a couple more, give them a couple more months. And then those, those months turned to maybe six months and then turned to a year. And then I looked at Jake. I was like, brother, I love you, but I, you can't let this happen. Like I have to jump in and I have to cover this. I have to save this and I have to be the, the CEO that this company is because the bigger, the bigger mission that is your company has more goals to do and it, and it doesn't care who you are or your ego or what you're having to do or what you're going through. You have to just kind of suck it up because if you let that, if you let that one person stay, then it affects so many other people that you have to put food on the table for. And that's, totally. that's the crazy part. I learned a lot this past year about um, just like making like executive decisions, right? I think that um, just like trusting my gut and just like going with it and just like getting used to just like like I joke with Courtney, I'm like, can I just have one day with no decisions, please? Like just one. <laughs> but right, it's like obviously that's like a joke. The the reality is I I learned how to make like like I turned into like a big girl CEO this year. I mean, I think that's like the honest truth. And I learned how to make those strategic Huge. decisions um and and look at numbers and really like understand the mechanics of what was happening. And I think Again, not open for war. We are not doing that again this year. And I feel really good about everything that is coming. And I'm not interested in anybody talking about anything that's happening with the economy. And I would be a million times better prepared if anything like that were to happen again. I would move quickly. And I think that now that I'm talking out loud, that that is the key, right? Like quick action. We could have made decisions, you know, in the second month of noticing that like things were not going right. And yeah. we waited six and that was what killed us. And it was just this constant, again, I think partially ego conversation of but the next month's got to be better, right? Like how long can this really last for? And, you know, I think mm-hmm. I'm so happy I have like a good money mindset, but like also, right, like you have, I'm running a business and, um, you know, you got to make the decisions based on the reality. Do you think at the end, we, I experienced this too, especially with my team, when you delay the decision making or they don't see you be as decisive and as quick to make it, that kind of disseminates into the team. Did you start, is that when you started to like kind of look at yourself in the mirror? Ended up accidentally creating a, cult. we had to do a lot of culture work at the end of the year because what had inadvertently happened is it was creating a culture of mistrust. It was creating a culture of, um, you know, is the next shoe about to drop? Is everything, you know, about to fall apart? 
And, you know, oh. I think that was, I think it was because we weren't just honest and upfront and matter of fact about what was happening because we didn't want to have to face what was happening. We didn't want to have to make any decisions about it. And so we just delayed everything. And then there was just, yeah, it was, there was, there was definitely a, a change in the culture and we had to spend, you know, quite a bit of time at the end of the year, you know, not only saying like, hey guys, like everything is okay now behind the curtains. Here's really what it, here's really what happened. Here's really what things look like. Here's why everything is okay now. Um, and, you know, I do feel like we've we've turned a corner, but it did definitely impact the team. I think everybody was like walking on eggshells was kind of the feeling. So you and I are both very similar, cut from the same exact cloth. We Since we are on the sales front, us knowing that we have pipeline deal flow coming through makes us feel like, oh, we're doing our job. We're generating. We're getting biz through the door, which then makes the team feel happy because you're like, yo, I know I got biz. You guys are going to get paid. We're all going to keep growing. You're, you're pretty good at this lead gen stuff. I'm very curious on how you think about lead gen, how you think about generation of clientele. Can you, can you un, like, pop, us, pop the hood on that for me? A couple years ago, it was actually in the, be- it was the beginning of 2020 before everything hit with COVID. I had been growing like through word of mouth and organic for several years. And yeah. I was like, I'm doing a million dollars this year, come hell or high water. Like I actually, like I'm just doing it and I have to figure this out. And the thing that's missing is I don't have like a real system. Like I know we build systems for our clients. We build something that says when I spend X, I'm going to bring on a new client. I wanted that. I hate it. I do not like constantly creating content for social media. Like, I don't like that. I don't want to like go to networking events with like an agenda. I wanted like a system that like when I spent this, this occurred. And so I went through this process of being like, okay, like we know how to build advertising funnels for clients. What would be like the right lead magnet for my target market? And I sat with that for a little while and I landed on there isn't one. My target market, like the person that is a perfect client for us, does not want to read anything. They don't want to watch a video. They don't want to learn anything about ads. They want the right person who they like and who they vibe with to show up and be able to do it for them. And so I really just focused on my personal brand. I think that like even though we are the ad girls, there's very much of like me and my and my personal brand sort of injected into it. And I have a Facebook ad funnel that has probably over the last three years, maybe we spent about 250K on it and closed nearly like $3 million in business. And it is um, an ad to cold audiences directly to booking a call. Um, I am then, you know, going through that process of just closing them in, in a single 30 minute call. And obviously like there's a lot of nuances that make it work. It's all about, of course, you know, my approach to messaging, the things that I talk about, the way that I'm able to, again, sort of like create that that vibe where people are showing up to my sales calls and saying things like, I feel like I already know you. Like, can we be uh. best friends? I like love all the shit that you guys are about. And so we just do such a good job of indoctrinating them into who we are, our mission, our vision, our personality. You know, Courtney and I do this like funny like team cat versus team dog thing. It's so silly. She's like got a bunch of dogs. I'm a cat lady. And it's the, the silliest little thing that's in our marketing. But people show up and they're like, by the way, I'm Team Cat. And it's like, what a way to start no a sales way. call with somebody. Let's yes, go. where I'm selling them a $20,000 offer. And they're already like, so they're, they're, they're like our friends. They're our besties. And so, you know, that is, again, we are a boutique firm that that sort of personal brand approach is not going to work for everybody. But for us, it feels really good. It feels really good to have a, cl- a client roster of 30 to 35 people who are like our besties. They would all like hang out after work and get a drink with. 
And so really leaning into the personal brand, going just direct to book a call and not looking like every other single agency ad in the feed, which is basically just look at my high row as case study. No, look at my high row as case study. And it's like, oh, my God, it's so boring. And it's mostly all dudes. Again, we love dudes. No offense. But it's true. And so that, I mean, that yeah. has just been the, the thing that's worked really well for me over the last few years. This is so good. Like, I think about this. And I'm huge on personal brand. I am. I think this is the the number one way to, divent, to diversify why someone should work with you is literally be yourself. Now, hopefully yes. you don't suck and people, you aren't, you aren't ridiculous or you aren't too much. Then that's like, I digress. I won't go on that path. But even, even to, like, if I were to, t when you were telling me the story, I was like, I'm going to take this even further. Say these, say they sign with you and your target market is someone that would be your best friend. I assume your best friend's probably going to have a couple of drinks with you when you're ready to have those drinks. Yes. It might be like month one or two triggered and they just get this like beautiful box to their house and it's just like m making drinks or it's mixers or it's. We send great gifts. Great. Ah, like what? I love that. Like what? Well, so um, Box Fox is what we use. I don't know if you've heard of Box Fox. That's our favorite thing. It's all just like very girly, like everything's rose gold. There's sometimes like a little champagne bottle. It's just like cute. There's like a, a face mask awesome. and like an eye thing. It's just like very girly shit. Our clients love it. And a lot of times what they do, by the way, and this is not the purpose of it. We like creating a five-star experience, but a lot of times they go lie or they'll post on their Instagram stories and be like, oh my God, look at this box the ad girls just sent me. And so like <laughs> ten, tenfold, it is something that is um, really super effective. When you were running this, was there anything like on the the ad funnel side? Because look, we're we're actually fairly new to cold cold lead gen. Like we were over indexed on personal brand between myself and Chase and Jake, and I was like, we got to systematize this. We got to put some. We got to put one dollar in and see how much dollars we're going to get back out of this. Was there something that you? tried to do and then you're like nah that's not gonna cut for me not really i mean again in the beginning it was like i guess i'm supposed to have a webinar i guess i'm supposed to have a case study on the front and i just felt into it and i was like nope that's not that's not going to be the thing um you know so i mean it's very interesting what what i did is i wrote ads and landing pages just existing as myself as a human being and then a year later, when I realized how well it was working and I started to get invited places like, you know, the traffic and conversion stage to talk about my funnel, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I figure out what made it work. Because, I mean, truly, and this is just the way I operate, like everything I, there's I have a joke running joke that I'm going to write a book called Shit I Made Up, because I mean, like, I am just I don't I don't you know, I'm just like out there throwing shit at the wall. And that's like really fun for me. And so it really was just create the thing and then have to look backwards and go, okay, wh why is this working? Let's figure out the system. And so what I ended up looking back on and being able to create and develop, and this is something that we teach to all of our clients, and all of our um, agency owners in our program, is I developed basically these four different messaging buckets that when you're able to hit on all four, that's like, you know, personal branding, relationship building on steroids. And so first one is credibility. And that's the one that like, obviously we all use, you know, like you said, it's not like all you want to be my friend. You want to make sure we can do the things that we say we can do, but that's only 25% of our messaging, right? So credibility is the first one and we want it to create the experience of I can trust you. Then second, we have personality and we want that to create the experience of I like you or I don't, which can sometimes be the point. And that's really great to also be able to use that to repel people. Then we've got bucket number three, which is vulnerability. And we want that to essentially be creating the experience of I see myself in you. I sort of feel like that human connection with you. And then the last bucket is feel good. 
And that's just like the the cherry on top, right? That's the on top of I trust you. I like you. I feel a connection with you. I can also feel good about spending my money with you because of what that money sort of furthers in the world in terms of missions and causes that I care about. And so when you're able to hit on all four of those things, that's how you have people show up to sales calls and be like, I love you. Can we hang out? I also want to pay you money. And that's really, again, looking backwards, I was like, oh, I guess that's kind of what I built here. Interesting. So that's a ma- masterful. That, that way you explained that was fucking incredible. Thank you. A hundred percent. And that was literally going to be my very next question is like, these people are spending $20,000 with you and it's a one call close. Yes. How, like, how the heck are you nurturing? Like, and, and that's it. I literally, I took out my notebook, Jennifer. I took out my notebook. And I literally wrote down what you said because I was like, oh, I was like, this Pass is out. different. Yes. <laughs> and so we do it, you know, and look, here's the thing. Once I understood that framework, it's not just for ads. It's for everything. It's when I'm speaking on stages, when I'm speaking on podcasts. Like, if we look back, I could actually explain to you how I hit on all of those accidentally without you guys realizing. It's just, it's part of, you know, now how we communicate as a brand and and in general, because it is what creates relationships. And so we have, you know, all of the messaging buckets hit on for us specifically in the ad. It's then reinforced in the landing page. It's reinforced. And this is actually a key part. Let me share this. I feel that um, nobody really takes advantage of the space between when the booking occurs and when the sales call actually happens. I think everybody gets lazy and they let the automatic calendly reminders deliver. It's just it's it's boring. We actually have a really robust nurturing s- sequence that runs in that time frame. And it hits on, again, continuing to reinforce all of those messaging buckets. And so even though, yes, it is as simple as cold ad landing page book and then immediately a 30 minute close, there's so much relationship oh. building happening in all of those spaces. Holy cow. Jennifer, I could probably talk to you for an entire day. I know. And just be blown away. I know. It's I can so good. Rent I, I, my drink and we can just like keep going, you know? No, Josh, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, we're going to, Jennifer, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to P2 you. I'm going to have to part to you I'm to down. Jump back, get you back on I'm here. I'm down. But I, I really, I know because of your mission. I know because uh, I love you tremendously. I'm, I'm, I'm in your corner standing beside you. Is there a cause? Is there, is there a group that you support or an area that you, that you really care about on the, on the, on the women's side of things that you'd like to plug before we talk about something else? Yes. So um, we donate a percentage of all of our revenue to an amazing organization called Free From. They actually specifically deal with the financial abuse aspect of domestic violence. We've donated like, I don't know, 60 grand or something to them over the last several years. And we also run all of their ads pro bono that help. We basically are targeting survivors and helping them like discover that this is the thing that exists. And God, I would have to check. I just sent them a report, but like something like just in the last few months, we've got, you know, several thousand survivors who like didn't even know that, um, you know, being able to address the financial abuse of their scenario was something that they could get support with. And now they are connected with this organization. So it's really powerful stuff. Man, that is, I'm so glad we asked this question because I think this is, this is us as, us as men, like we need to be more aware of this. We have to put more voices out there. And I've learned so much on this because of you. And I cannot wait. I cannot wait for what this is going to do to impact those in our industry and those that, that need to be knowing who you are personally. Yeah. It's awesome. Jennifer, thank you very much. Joshua, great to see you as well. And for all you guys that stuck with us all the way to the end, wherever you guys listen to this, whether it's on Apple iTunes, whether it's on Spotify, give us a thumbs up, give us a review. I appreciate you guys. Next time, 
We'll see you guys on the agency algorithm. Take care.